Welcome back, H&H listeners. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Heather Taves, and I am one of the co-hosts of this fun podcast. Most of the time it's fun. Sometimes it gets a little serious. <laughs> but I'm sitting next to my sister and co-host, Heidi Bolt. Hello, Heidi. Hey, Heather. I'm excited to be here today. I know. Me too. You know, I, I realize that we haven't mentioned this in a while, so if we have some new listeners that maybe don't know what this is all about and they're just tuning in, we have this little podcast called the H&H Hour to discuss life right? and the fact that ordinary is extraordinary yeah. and that so many times the things that are ordinary in our life, when we view them as that, mm-hmm. as just ordinary, we miss out right. on this extraordinary life that we get to live. And so that's really our hope is that we can highlight some of those and help people change their perspective on some things in their lives that might seem mundane. Yeah. Um, and we have guests that come on. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've taken this month of January for it just to be you and myself. This mm-hmm. is how we started it. It is. And we're so excited to bring some guests back in the near future. But these these last few chats have just been us sitting here discussing some things that are on our hearts. Right. Some things that you and I would sit and talk over coffee. Right. At without our kitchen a microphone. Table. Yeah, without yeah. a microphone. Yeah. So thank you for listening. We're so happy that you do. Um, and Heidi, last week we talked about marriage. We did. And I feel like we just scratched the surface. We did. We just barely touched on it. I know. We didn't even really get into the biblical side of um, how God views marriage and his intent for it. And there's so much there that we could have launched Mm -hmm. into and we might at some point. Right. But we wanted to take it to the next level Mm -hmm. and talk about parenting. Yeah. And talk about kids. Right. Well, because so often that is our progression of marriage. And then for many people, parenting. um, And it's Sometimes it's one of those like, ready or not, here they come. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes there's that great season of waiting for God's timing yeah, for your true. for your parenting. And so we all fall into parenting in such different seasons of life, don't we? Mm-hmm. You know, whether we're, if it's a different age of life or financial situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the reality is the fundamentals of parenting don't change regardless of what season of life mm-hmm. you're in yeah. and what income bracket you fall into. True. That's true. Um, so I do like, I want to unpack this a little bit with mm-hmm. you, Heather, um, because I think that especially in our generation, parenting is an interesting thing right now. It's, um, a, hot, it's a hot button topic. It's a super hot button. We'll probably get some emails about this one. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? That's okay. Like, yeah. I, I really am fine when people disagree with me. Yeah. Um, I, I actually like having conversations with people that have different opinions in me right. because I like to see their perspective and talk about, you know, just that tension of we're human. We're all going to have a different perspective. But um, so parenting right now uh, for our generation mm-hmm. is interesting because we're, we're super hands-on. Right. Like we are so involved in our kids' lives, maybe to a fault. Yes. Sometimes. Yes. Um, and really the, the table's kind of turned where all of a sudden it's all about the kids all of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that is backwards. Mm-hmm. I think we've got that wrong. Um, and I, I don't mean everybody across the board, but as society, a culture, yeah, yeah, as a culture, yep. we've missed that one. Mm-hmm. We've missed that mark. So I think we need to talk about how do you keep your marriage first? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we not let the kids rule the roost, if you will? Well, because we were talking last week about struggles in our marriage and neither one of us brought up kids, but it, we so easily could have. Sure. Because kids often are what can cause a marriage to derail or can cause issues Mm -hmm. in a marriage. When kids come into the picture 
and um, that chemistry changes mm-hmm. both sometimes both physically and then also mentally just yeah. in where your attention goes mm-hmm. and where your time goes. And, yeah. and let's be honest, when they're little and they're babies, they do require a, a lot, lot of, of your attention. Yeah. And so it's easy to fall into that. Well, my, my kids come first. Mm-hmm. So I think this is such a good conversation to have on on piggybacking on marriage because they really do go hand in hand. They do. Um, but yet they're very separate. Yeah. Well, I think for Kip and myself, so Kip's my husband, we have three kids, six and under. Um, so six, three, and one. And um, the thing that we've had to determine is that we have to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. We've got to be a team um, because they outnumber us. <laughs> true. And, uh, you know, it was, it was actually easier with two because mm-hmm. it was like man to man and now we are outnumbered. So mm-hmm. Um, last night we had an incident where Wilder, our, our three-year-old, went and asked Daddy, Daddy, can I stay up a little while? <laughs> and I heard Daddy say, no, buddy, it's time for bed. Yeah. And then his pitter-patter feet came into the room I was in. Mommy, can I stay up a little while? <laughs> and his brother Crosley was right on his heels, and Crosley put his hand around him, and he said, buddy, you know, we know that if Daddy said no, Mommy cannot say yes. <laughs> And I kind of laughed on the inside because I thought, okay, they're listening yeah. and it's sinking in. Yeah. And although sometimes you feel like, how can I have given this set of instructions 10 times in 10 minutes mm-hmm. or in one day? Yeah. It is sinking in when you are consistent and when you are not giving up, you know, and choosing to go, okay, we're going to really bear down on this and we're going to focus on this. And that's one thing Kip and I have been really cognitive recently of is just going, we've got to be on the same team. Yep. We've got to... It, that means communicate, mm-hmm. talk about like, hey, where are you at with this? Okay, well, this is where I fall with this. How mm-hmm. do we right. implement this together? Um, so little... that's just a small example, but it really was a big, like it was big for me. I was like, okay, good. They're getting it. Well, with little things and big things, you need to be on the same page because mm-hmm. that's where I think it gets tricky is when you want to discipline one way. Let's mm-hmm. just talk about discipline. Okay, sure. let's go there. You want to discipline one way because maybe that's the way you were raised, but he wants to dis- I'm just using you guys as an example, yeah. hypothetical. But he was raised a different way, and so he wants to discipline a different way. So if you're in disagreement about how you discipline your children, mm-hmm. that can cause a lot of issues in marriage. And if you don't learn how to communicate about those and make a decision together, you're going to end up probably either not disciplining them or one of you will have the sole responsibility of that, mm-hmm. and that's not healthy either. No, and I think probably what happens a lot, okay, let's just be honest. Let's be real. We women are, are pretty stubborn. You know, if you compare, for the most part, yep. a woman versus a man, for the most part, women tend to have that stubborn streak more than the man. Mm-hmm. So that tends to be like most of the time we kind of end up having, you know, the, we feel like our opinion is just very valued. So I feel like a lot of women probably default to how they were raised mm-hmm. in their discipline. Mm-hmm. And probably a lot of men are like, okay, like I'll give in and that's how we'll do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do, I have quite a few friends that I can think of that they have that struggle. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of not really, it's not like they've come to terms on what they agree. It's like, okay, well, I'll just give in in and let you do it. Conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm super thankful. Kip and I were actually, when it comes to that, we were raised in a really similar manner. Mm -hmm. Um, It lines up with the Bible. And so that has been a really good thing in Mm -hmm. our marriage um, because we have been able to implement discipline that fits our family Mm -hmm. and stick to it. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't make it easy. You know, there are times where I'm like, seriously, I don't want to have to get up one more time today and Mm -hmm. go discipline my (laughs) three-year-old, you know, because I'd rather him just 
run off and throw the fit and ignore him. Right. But that doesn't accomplish anything right. for him right. in the long run. Yeah. The Bible is so clear about what our role as a parent is. Mm-hmm. Proverbs talks about training up a child mm-hmm. in the way he should go. And that word in Hebrew, train, means a narrowing. Mm. It means to initiate or to discipline, to dedicate, to train up. But I love that to narrow, mm. to to give them a path that is narrow to walk in so that they're not they're not looking at all of these options and going, oh, I could do this or I could do this. They're going, no, this is this is where you are to walk. Mm-hmm. You know, and how they and how they treat people and right. how they respect their mom and dad. I mean, you could go down the list, how mm-hmm. they sit at the table and have table manners. You know, you're narrowing narrowing it. Kids like borders. They yeah. like boundaries. Yeah. They like to know what's expected of them. They actually function a lot better when they have it science has proven mm-hmm. over and over and over again if you give a kid you know, all the freedom and all the options, they're way less hap- happy and content right. than if you give them a set of rules and, and direction to follow and they know what's expected of them. And so that's a biblical concept. Mm-hmm. Like as parents, we are called to give our children this this narrow path yeah. to follow. And I just wonder if maybe we, in today's culture, I'll just use sports as an example. So many people allow their children or put their children in so many different things Mm -hmm. and their children are so busy and and so full all the time of things to do yeah and the parents are run ragged and the kids are run ragged and maybe there needs to be a little bit more of a narrowing Mm -hmm. and I know I've you know I've had many conversations with moms about this where they're like well we just we want to find out what they like and what Mm -hmm. they're good at and so we let them try all these things and I'm all for that I'm Mm -hmm. all for finding out what your what is your kids thing right. right but at what cost right like at the cost of you never having family dinners mm-hmm. at the cost of your children never getting to be home to be creative and just have to figure out their own play well if you think of it in your own world can you even imagine heather if in a given week you personally had 5 to 7 functions or events or activities that you personally had to attend mm-hmm. That would be overwhelming. Yeah. You'd look at your calendar and go, oh my goodness. Yeah. But the reality is many young children have something every single day outside of school mm-hmm. that they are expected to participate mm-hmm. in, to have good attitudes about, to be involved in, you know. Right. And really, like, I just wonder, like, it's hitting me. I'm going, man, if we wrote it all out on the calendar for him, would we as a parent go, yeah, that's too much. It's too much. This is overwhelming mm-hmm. for my brain, let alone a 11-year-olds and 9-year-olds and 8-year-olds. Right. And so I just wonder if that word narrowing, that train up a child in the Bible is actually not just talking about, yes, it's talking about morality and it's talking about um, being truthful and, and all of those things that we would normally associate with this first. But is, is, is it also talking about their schedules? Mm-hmm. Is it talking about how we're teaching them to make choices and live their lives by how they spend their time. I think it can also mean being willing to stand your ground, being Mm. different than everyone else around you. How often do you hear a child say, but mom, so-and-so gets to do it. Right. You know, and I, as a, as a kid, I remember thinking, huh, there's a lot of kids around me that do a lot of things that I don't do. Yeah. And at the time I didn't realize that it was actually quite valuable. Um, So, I mean, I think, I even think of like in today's society, all of these kids having smartphones. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have a six-year-old, so I can't speak to this yet, but I don't foresee my husband and I letting our young child have mm-hmm. a smartphone mm-hmm. very soon at all. Yeah. 
because I just, I think it's too much too soon. Mm -hmm. It's too much responsibility for a little brain that's not yet Mm -hmm. ready to handle that kind of responsibility. That's right. Um, But it's crazy because so you look around and so many kids have their own smartphones. We were just talking about this today um, in school because our word of the week was responsible. Mm. And the kids and I were talking about what it means to be responsible. And I used a verse from Luke, I think it's chapter 16, where he talks about if you are trustworthy with the small things, Mm -hmm. you'll be trustworthy with the big things. And um, I use that exact example with my kids today of like, okay, so you got iPads for Christmas. But there are boundaries on those mm-hmm. iPads. We have restrictions on them. We um, have full access to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they don't get to use them in their bedrooms. You know, all of these boundaries that we've had set up. And so we had this conversation about, okay, so if you're responsible with your iPad, mm-hmm. that will show us that someday in a few years, you'll be able to be responsible with an iPhone. Right. With, with a phone that has you have a lot more control over that you take with you and, yeah. you know, and, and all these things. And so we were talking about this and you could just see the light in their eyes of like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. like it's kind of a test, right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because learning to be responsible with what you're given, sometimes it does require starting out, most of the time it does, with something small yeah. that then leads to something bigger. Mm-hmm. Someone said to me the other day, parenting today, I had asked them their advice on, on raising kids and they're they're my parents' age, so they have children my age. Mm-hmm. And I said, what would you? What advice would you give to me as a parent now? And they said, wow, you just have a much harder job because mm-hmm. of the, the culture and the society that we live in and what we have access to. And I said, you know, I, in one way I think you're right. In another way I think that the basics are still the same. Yeah. You know, the foundation is still the same. Yeah. Are you communicating with your kids? Mm-hmm. Are you speaking God's word over them? Right. Are you – showing them that you love them. Mm-hmm. Are you setting boundaries? And they looked at me and they were like, huh, you're really right. Cause every generation has had their thing that mm-hmm. they've had to learn how to face and learn how to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read this quote <clears throat> earlier and it said, parent the heart well and the actions you desire will follow. Mm. And I really do love, I love that concept because it is so true. So often if you're seeing an action come out in your own life or your child's life, it's a yeah. heart condition. Yeah. Um, Proverbs four twenty three says, "Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life." And um, I do. I think that's it is so true, Heather. Mm-hmm. I know in my own life, when something feels off or is off, mm-hmm. or those um, those actions are coming out that I'm like, "What is this?" It always comes back to my heart. Yeah. You know, and I think it's the exact same with our kids. Is we're responsible for shepherding their hearts, you know, for helping them understand truly what is right and what is wrong. And um, because there will come a day very soon where we're not there to help them through every single decision. Like I am right now in my six, three and one year old's life. Right. Right. You know, that'll, that'll change. So, uh, you know, I want to prepare them for, I, I often think of my kids as adults and as a spouse and as people that are raising their own children. And I think, okay, what are the things I am depositing in them to it, it what am I depositing in them right now that's going to pay out later right are these all good things right are are they negative things right um because they take in both good and bad that they see from us yeah that is so good I can just imagine my son being a husband someday yeah 
and whatever it is that I have put into him comes out of him Mm -hmm. as he's loving and leading his wife. And Mm -hmm. that's a powerful perspective Mm -hmm. because it changes, it changes your ordinary, right? Right. It makes what you're talking to your six-year-old son about right now, not just about right now. Absolutely. It, it, it changes it into when he's 26 and 36 and Absolutely. being a father himself. And yeah. So we're in a, just the stage just ahead of you season of parenting. Mm-hmm. We have an eight-year-old and an 11-year-old. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how um, quickly it seemed to switch from that littles stage where you do have sort of all the control. Right. Right. And you can pretty much tell them what to wear and how to fix their hair and <laughs> yeah, yeah. when to go to bed, when they're tired, when they're not tired. Like you, you just have, you have a lot of control, right. which is awesome <laughs> for people like me yeah. who like to have control. <laughs> and then it quickly moves into this stage where they're middles mm-hmm. and they can dress themselves. You don't have to tell them mm-hmm. what to wear every day. They just say, you know, is it hot or cold? And or they already know and they get dressed and they can make their own breakfast. And it quickly changes into the stage where you actually lose a little bit of control. Sure, yeah. Because they have their own ideas and they have their own opinions. And, yeah. you know, my daughter hates messy buns. And I just think she has the cutest hair in a messy bun. It's so she, cute. <laughs> she absolutely refuses to wear a messy bun. That is hysterical. And when she was two, I could put it in a messy bun, no problem. And yeah. she couldn't yeah. argue with me about it. And now she, she does. And so um, we're in this fun really fun season with them because the dialogue has changed. The communication has changed in terms of conversations are bigger and sure. a little more in depth. And mm-hmm. um, But it's also gotten, we've gotten to the place where conversations have to get really real. Yeah. They're harder. They're harder. And, yeah. and if we don't have those, and I do think it starts at your stage. Mm-hmm. For it sure. It starts with, um, planting seeds Mm -hmm. you know let's talk about sex you know planting seeds about appropriate ways to care for your body and um what to touch and what not to touch you know and then so you're 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 having those conversations as one two three four five six year olds and then you get to seven eight nine ten eleven year olds and the conversation needs to go a little bit further and this is something that i think as parents we could improve on across the board Um, most of the time when I talk with people about this topic with their kids, they cringe. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) It's this like, oh, I don't want to go there. Like, oh, I don't, we haven't had that conversation yet because I don't know what to say. Yeah. So instead of being fearful of it, you know, we need to be praying and asking God for wisdom and discernment as to when it's appropriate to talk about that next step with our children. I guarantee you, Mm -hmm. if you have... A 10-year-old, they already have heard stuff. Absolutely. They already know. And probably younger. Yeah. But I'm just going to use 10 as sort of a... Kind of the baseline. Kind of yeah. a safe a yeah. safe place to land. <clears throat> um, and so science shows us that, we've mentioned this before, but the power of the first encounter. Yeah. You know, yeah. the first place that they hear, yeah. the first person that they hear something from, mm-hmm. the first time they hear about it doesn't matter what it is, anything will be what sticks in their mind the most. So our children need to be hearing about this, about sex, Mm -hmm. about who their identity Mm -hmm. um, in Christ and their bodies Mm -hmm. from us. Yes. And that needs to be an ongoing age appropriate conversation. And it will look different with every child. Absolutely. I've got friends who have tweens, teenagers, or, or 
not quite teenagers, but almost teenagers, 10, 11, 12 year olds, and they've not had that conversation with them. And I kind of want to shake them and say, what are you thinking? Yeah. What are you thinking? Because they've probably already heard it or seen it Mm -hmm. from someone else. Yeah, no matter what setting they're in, you know, they can be homeschooled or Christian school or public school. If, If they have any interaction with their own peers or kids older, you know, I think of my own son. He's six. He's the youngest, one of the youngest boys in the neighborhood, maybe the youngest. And the boys come and gather in our yard, you know, and I'm at the stage where I'm with them a lot. So I hear what goes on, but you know, they're playing in their yard with friends, you know, they're Mm -hmm. hearing things Mm -hmm. that you want them hearing from yourself first. So, I mean, Heather, I remember, so we were raised in a very conservative family. Mm -hmm. I would say we were very sheltered. Um, I got to get my first job at 14 years old Mm -hmm. at the local Dairy Queen. It was a big deal. Mm -hmm. I remember literally the first week of that job, Hearing this girl, who to this day I know her, come into work and start bragging to the other coworkers. So there were four girls under the age of 18 in this little Dairy Queen working this shift. And she was bragging about the sexual favors that she'd given boys in school the day before. Mm -hmm. And I'm quite confident that this really did happen based on the lifestyle I watched her live over the next many years. And at the time, it's funny, I was 14. I had no idea what she was talking about. Yeah. The, the words she was saying, I was like, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. What I remember it being about. embarrassed that I didn't know what she was talking about. Right. And now as a parent, I'm like, I am so like, honestly, I'm glad I didn't know what she was talking about. Yeah. Because 14 year olds shouldn't have, should, we shouldn't have been going there. But the reality is this, like it, it was happening. Yeah. You know? And so I really do think you're right. And that was if, 20 years ago before smartphones. Yeah. yeah. I mean, before you, you could pull up anything. Before Google. You yeah. know, like it's, it wasn't like you could just Google it. Um, so absolutely. Like the conversation has to be happening. Um, if you think it's not, you are blind. Yeah. And that I'm, I don't mean that to be mean. Yeah. But you have your head stuck really far down in the sand. <laughs> yeah. If you think your child has not heard or seen something. My son attended a Christian school and he was in first grade mm. and he came home and tried to Google naked girls mm. because a friend on the playground had told him about this. Yeah. He was six years old. Yeah. Thankfully, Thank- he misspelled it, right? <laughs> he did. He misspelled it, which was such a blessing. And honestly, I don't know that he really even understood what it meant, what he was Googling yeah. or trying, you know, and he didn't, he used my phone. And mm-hmm. so I got to see it because it came yeah. right up on Safari, like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he didn't even know how to hide it, which was great. But um, he was six years old. Yeah. And so just a, like a warning bell is hopefully going off in your head right now. Yeah. If you have not thought of this, if you've not had these conversations with your kids, yeah. there are countless really good resources and books that you can use yeah. if you don't feel like you have the words mm-hmm. or you want to go about it in a in a very um like structured manner structured way mm-hmm. yeah um james dobson has a great series of books that i would recommend in their age appropriate mm-hmm. and we've talked before about the american girl my body books which yeah. are great for little girls mm-hmm. um i highly highly recommend good pictures bad pictures mm-hmm. which is a book about pornography mm-hmm. And I like that one specifically because it teaches the kids what happens in their brains yep. when they see something, and then it gives them a plan of action. Yeah. And so we try to read that at least once a year. Mm-hmm. You know, I read it with my 8- and 11-year-old, and we started reading it two years ago yeah. when they were, you know, 6 and 9. And yeah. so... 
because they're not going to not come across it. They're, they're not. They're going to see it in this it's, culture. It's every, they'll see it on commercials yeah. on network television. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's out there. I mean, and we just have to help train them and equip them on how do you combat it? Because then when you're an adult and you're still coming across stuff and you still have to guard your eyes and your heart, you know, you, you want that to just be a pattern in your life right. and not something you have to start learning as a 25 year old. That's right. So. That's right. Or even as a 14 or 15 year old. Right. If you start it when they're little and you start that process and, you, and it becomes that habit, mm-hmm. it will carry into their teenage years. It will carry into their young adult years and pray over them, yeah. you know, speak truth and life over them. I think about what we're, um, what our kids are up against with their own bodies and their yeah. own, um, sexual identities. Mm-hmm. And, man, they're, they're going to have a lot of choices mm-hmm. that you and I did not have right. when we were their age because of what the world, how the world has adapted and changed yeah. and become. And so speaking what God's word says about how they are created mm-hmm. and whose image they are created yeah. and the uniqueness of which they are created. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that God made us male and female mm-hmm. and he intends for us to stay that way. And that we are to honor each other mm-hmm. in those ways. And so they're just all these conversations that if if we're not having them with them, yeah. someone else definitely is. Yeah. Maybe not at six and maybe not at seven, mm-hmm. but they will be. They will be in a few years. Yeah. You know, they'll be hearing it on the hockey ice. Yeah. They'll be hearing yeah. it at gymnastics. They'll be hearing it in school. They'll be hearing it from a professor. A kid in kids' church. You know, it's everywhere. Yeah. You know, kids are curious and they want, I think kids are curious and they also want to be able to talk to someone their own age to find out. Do you know about this? Because I know about this. Let's, right. let's let me find out how much I know. And is this like this is what I'm thinking? So I think that's it, it's happening yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um. And I think Heather, I heard someone say recently. Um. And I can't remember where the source was, but I loved what he said. He's a, a grown man with grown children and grandkids now, and he said we were so intentional to raise our little ones with godly character and extreme faith, so that when they did get sent out into the world. And, you know, if they went to a secular college, we didn't worry that the professor was going to completely change their mind. Right. We went, no, they've already experienced the truth of Jesus in our home. Yes. So they're not going to stray away from that. Yes. And that goes back to the verse you shared, that if we're raising them up, if we're training them in the way they should go, they will not depart from it. Um, It does not mean they're going to be perfect. None of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. Yes. But it's that process of learning that, you know, God's way is different than man's way. And we always have to be centering our lives around God's way and going, okay, does this fit God's way or does this fit man's way? And if it doesn't fit God's way, knowing how to be able to put that aside. Um, I also love the verse, um, and I can't even think exactly where it's at right now. I'll know it as soon as we turn the podcast off. (laughs) Um, But it says that uh, people actually misquote this a lot. They always Mm. say like, God's not going to give us more than I can handle. Oh, yeah. The verse is actually talking about temptation, sinful yeah. temptation, yeah. saying that God's never going to allow something to happen in a temptation setting that he will not give you a way out of. Right. And so that you are not able to overcome. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I think that is so important to teach our kids as well is like these things are going to happen. These moments of temptation are going to happen. Here's how we are able to combat that. Yeah. And the truth of God's word like just going like, no, really, with Jesus within you, you're stronger than you realize. Yeah. You can overcome it. Yeah, that's right. That's so good. Um, just a really great resource that I know you and I have both loved is Lisa Bevere. Mm. She has some incredible resources on raising men. She has boys. And so mm-hmm. she has um, 
it's just fun to hear her talk. She talks with her boys and interviews them about what it means, what it what it looked like raising boys to become men of God. Yeah, because they're all grown now. Because they're grown. And so and then also, um, I love to her podcast on raising brave kids. Mm. There's a part one and two. So that is on conversations with John and Lisa Bevere mm-hmm. on um, our podcast app. Mm-hmm. You can just click on that and check those out. Those are you might have to scroll down a little bit because they're a ways back, but they're they're short episodes and they're just full of truth and full of nuggets that you'll be able to go. Oh yes, okay. Sometimes how do you just need to hear from someone else? Like okay, this is hard. This is mm-hmm. real. Like I yeah I haven't had that conversation with my son yet because it's difficult. But just, uh, can I encourage you? Like, it'll be uncomfortable for them and it'll be a little uncomfortable for you. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be way more uncomfortable Mm -hmm. if you're actually dealing with something because you didn't have a a conversation. So, okay, Heather, so let's talk, let's talk practical then. So mm -hmm. you have an 11 year old son. Yep. So you and Chris have already had conversation, conversations with him. Mm-hmm. Tell us, like, how did this go down? You know, not details, obviously, but did you guys sit down with him together? Was it just yeah. him and Chris? How did yeah. this look? I mean, I think it's it's really up to the parents and it's up to the child, the individual child. It's it's different for every child. Mm-hmm. Um, for our son, we took him, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. We both went and we sat down. We got, you know, a special drink at Starbucks mm-hmm. and we sat down and we said, Bennett, we have something we want to share with you that is kind of an adult conversation, but you're getting old enough now that we feel like you need to be responsible and, and you need to yeah. know this. And so we explained the basics. Mm-hmm. We did not go into a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. We talked about how God created men, man and woman mm-hmm. and how they come together yep. and how babies are made and, mm-hmm. um, the we talked a lot about the reason behind it not yeah. just the act sure right yeah um and the intent behind it yeah. god's design for yeah. it because if you start with that it's a beautiful thing right and if you if you create it if you teach them that god has designed this to be a beautiful thing that's the first thing that comes into their head right. not the way that the world has made yeah. it perverse yeah just lust just lust yeah. yes and so um you know he we asked if he had any questions and he didn't <laughs> <laughs> at nine years old or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. But, um, and then just continuing that conversation as he gets a little bit older and talking very freely about his feelings mm-hmm. and things that he's seen and noticed. And we have a conversation a lot about images. Mm-hmm. You know, have you, have you seen anything recently that, mm-hmm. that bothered you or worried you? And, um, and then with Jules, our daughter, um, I think it'll look a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit more of a mom and daughter conversation. Yeah. Um, not that dad won't be involved in maybe some of it, mm-hmm. but I think that for girls, it's a little, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in our daughter's situation, I can see that just being more of a mom and a daughter thing. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at with that. With Jules, we we've, we've started the American Girl Doll book where you know it talks about her body a lot and. Yeah. Um, uh, body issues. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of issues with that in our society. Yeah. So, um, image issues and things like that. Yeah. So I was just thinking, do you, do you watch the show? This is us. I do, but I'm behind. So don't give it away. No, no. This is, this was a dad son moment that I loved, loved, loved this moment because I thought, okay, here we are on, I believe the number one watch show on network television. Mm-hmm. And it was, he was speaking so much truth to mm-hmm. his high school son. He got to go on, I think it was his very first date, and he came home, and he was telling his dad about it, and he was super excited, <clears throat> and you could tell that the dad had a lot of trust in this son, mm-hmm. and he said to him, I believe it, this was the quote, was, son, were you a complete gentleman? Mm-hmm. And he looked at him, and he smiled, and he said, yes, dad, I was, and he said, that's my son, mm-hmm. and I thought, man, that is so 
valuable because it wasn't like you could tell that they'd already, you know, obviously this is a TV show, but it's depicting like, yep, this is us, you know, and it's depicting the fact that they'd already planted those seeds to know, okay, well, well, what do you mean? Was I a perfect gentleman? He knew exactly what his dad meant by asking him, were you a perfect gentleman? So, and I just thought like, man, yeah, that's, that's value right there. The, the conversations already happened, the relationships there and just carrying out those those good conversations that yeah. are directing them down that narrow path. Right. And it's not always, you know, it's funny because when you're the child and when you're the teen, you don't think it's super popular to be on the narrow path. Yeah. When you're a little bit removed from that mm-hmm. childhood season, mm-hmm. you see truly how valuable and what a gift it is to have been raised by people that put you on that narrow path. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I want my children to end up with, marrying people Mm -hmm. that have been raised with integrity Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. rules that aren't popular, (laughs) right? you know, settings that aren't just going with the flow, you know, being willing to stand apart and Mm -hmm. stand alone. And so, yeah, because it's not easy. It's it's not not easy, but I think the value in it, you do recognize as you get older, Chris and I were just talking about this the other day. We've made a lot of decisions in our life, some as children and young adults that were um, sort of we didn't have a choice in, (laughs) we're put on us by our parents, which is fine. That was their role. Well, Um, you were honoring your authority. We were. And so, and a lot of those were, were very different from what the world, you know, in terms of our dating relationship Mm -hmm. and our schooling Mm -hmm. and college education and all of those things. Like we took very different paths from what all of our peers were doing for the most part. But it has prepared us so greatly for the path that God has us on now. Yeah. Because even in our adult lives mm-hmm. and in the dreams and the things that he has called us to now, it's very different mm-hmm. from what most of our peers are doing. Mm-hmm. Our life looks different mm-hmm. from what most of our peers are doing. And I'm not talking about in like, like we're very normal people. You yeah. Know? We're not, we're not like living in, you know, some sort of weird cult where we all <laughs> dress the same or anything like that. Like, we're very individual, different people. Yeah. But yeah. part of that being raised to take that narrow path mm-hmm. and take a different path that not as many people were on did really prepare us for yeah. what God's called us to as adults. Yeah. I think he is always so gracious to do that. Yeah. He always prepares us for what's coming. We, ju- we don't always see the purpose behind it, but he always prepares us. Okay, Heather, a little bit of a hard turn here. Let's talk about some of the practical side of raising kids. We can wrap up quickly, but One thing we're doing right now in our household is, (laughs) and we learned this from my mom, um, no bickering. Mm. Teaching our kids, like, hey, you guys are friends. Yep. You're siblings. Like, God did that very purposefully. Right. You don't get to bicker. It doesn't mean you can't disagree. Right. But you don't get to bicker. Mm -hmm. You don't get to nag each other. You don't get to um, make each other angry on purpose. Right. Um, So we've been having that conversation Mm -hmm. a lot. You know, and just helping when those moments arise. Not having to micromanage everything, yeah. but just reminding them like, hey, guys, you're best friends. Right. And that's all it takes for them to like, oh, yeah, and then kind of and get back on teach track. teach them how to talk through it with each other yeah. and communicate with it through each other. Yeah. I just overheard my children today negotiate a no-touch day. <laughs> I know that really could sound quite strange, but – um you know how kids are. They're just touching each other. And especially yeah. my daughter. Like, she just she's just touchy. She's yeah. just always touching yeah. and yeah. bugging, you know. Yeah. And my son is just like, get your hands off of me. Yeah. And he was like, I need – see this box? This is the box. Don't come in my box. <laughs> and so 
At breakfast this morning, they negotiated that Tuesdays are no touch days. Okay. Every Tuesday going forward. And then driving here, Jewel says, what if we're playing tag? <laughs> okay, so sometimes there are exceptions to So rules. sometimes there are exceptions. That's but hilarious. just, you know, they, they, instead of that, like, stop touching me, don't touch me, don't touch me, you know, yeah. they, they figured out a way to, to negotiate yeah. once a week. Yeah. They have no touch day. So. Yeah. Well, because don't you see, like, if you don't learn communication as a child... You're going to grow up to be an adult child. You'll be an adult that sounds like a child that has no idea exactly. how to communicate. Yeah. You refuse to communicate when the mm-hmm. situation gets tough yep. because, uh, well, I don't really know why, but I guess it's probably... Probably because you didn't learn as a child. Yeah. You know, a, a lack of being willing to have difficult conversations mm-hmm. and find a solution. Yeah. Um, yep. And I, like, I just, I don't want that to be my boys and my daughter. Right. You know, I want them to be able to have hard conversations mm-hmm. when it's necessary mm-hmm. and not think that just sweeping something under the rug is the way to deal with it because mm-hmm. it always comes back doesn't it yeah you know yeah you gotta you gotta deal with it yeah so, so again just we've just sort of scratched the surface we don't have time to get into all of the mm-hmm. parenting beautiful things in parenting life but it is fun. Yeah. And if you're in the throes of it, don't be discouraged. You know, today might be super rough. Yeah. And everyone might need a nap. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and give yourself that grace to not have perfect days. You know, we have lots of days, Heather and I do, where it's not always peaches. But I yeah. think you can find ways to help yourself reset, to help yourself get recharged. Talk to someone who's ahead of you. Yeah. Um just because they might not do everything the way that you want to do it doesn't mean they don't have some good advice and yeah. wisdom. Mm-hmm. That's biblical too. Like yeah. go find a mom or a dad mm-hmm. who, or a couple who has kids are a little bit older and say, like, how did you get through this? And maybe yeah. it, it, maybe it, it does relate back to your marriage too. Like, how yeah. did you get on the same page with discipline? Yeah. How did you get on the same page with co-sleeping? Yeah. How did you get on the same page with what we make our children eat or not eat? Having more kids or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So find someone who's ahead of you. Yeah. That's good. Don't be too prideful yeah, to good. take advice and to listen. And I, I just believe if we do that, if we all do that, I mean, Chris and I do that mm-hmm. with people that are ahead of us. Yeah. And I know you guys do that. Mm-hmm. And we all need someone else speaking into our life yeah. and helping us maybe see a perspective that we haven't seen before. That's good, Heather. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. We're going to wrap up this 48th episode. And uh, we're just excited that you've been a part of this journey with us over the last, over this last year mm-hmm. and a few months. Yeah. Um, if you've got any needs, as always, please feel free to shoot them our way. We're on the H&H Hour on Instagram. And we'll, you can message us and we'll respond. So have a great week and we'll chat next week. Bye.